Hi, everyone, and welcome to Avid Travel with Britton Frost. I, of course, am your host, Britton Frost, and today we are going to talk about, drumroll please, water levels. I'm not going to put a sound effect in there, but you can insert your own in your head if you want. We're going to talk about water levels. So what are water levels? Do you know? Maybe you don't. Um, But they are generally, water levels do come into the conversation often when we're talking about river cruising. And, you know, I, I would say that people probably did not pay as much attention to water levels until 2018. Because in 2018, there were record low water levels on the Danube. And so many cruises got canceled. So many people had to get on buses. So basically, you know, the cruise line might cancel the cruise, but the cruise line might, cruise company might decide that you're going to sail as far as you can down the river. Then you're going to get on a bus. Maybe you're going to go to a hotel. Maybe you're going to meet another ship. There were all of these really creative solutions, especially for companies that had many, many ships on the river where you could go from one point of the river, pack your bags to one point of the river, sorry, pack your bags, take a bus, and then get onto another ship and unpack your bags. Now, to some, that might not seem like a big deal, but a lot of people got really frustrated that they had to go and they had to pack and they had to unpack or that maybe their entire cruise turned into a bus trip or maybe their whole cruise was canceled. And I even, we're not going to talk today about how specific cruise companies handled the water level crisis in 2018, but we got some feedback that there were some cruise companies that did not do the best job with, um, with handling the situation. And I, I had a reader who wrote to me and said that they had flown all the way to Europe and the, the day before their sailing, they had already gotten there. And the day before the sailing, the cruise company emailed and told them that their cruise wasn't going to take place. And so there are these instances where water levels are really tricky and that people hear these horror stories. And so they do start to freak out about water levels and is the water going to be too high or too low on my cruise? And am I going to have to take a bus? The hardest part about those questions is that we can't really answer them. I was doing an interview with a, a cruise executive. I can't, I can't remember from which company at the moment, but I said, you know, so what do you do about water levels? How do you put people at ease? And they just said, well, it's just mother nature. You know, there, there's no way for us to be able to pull out a crystal ball and say, you know, on, at this time of year, you're going to be better off than at this time of year. Now there are certain trends, for example, you have the snow melt in the spring and that is going to bring up the water levels typically because you have all of this water going into the rivers. And then sometimes, you know, you have droughts and you have you have snowfall and you have, I mean, there are all of these factors, but people say, you know, if I go in the spring or the water level is going to be good. If I go in the fall, they might be low because they were low or in the summer, they might be low because of droughts or what, whatever have you. I mean, there are so many weather patterns that can contribute to, to water levels being high or low. So even though there are these patterns, it's still impossible to tell someone that they're 
their cruise is going to be able to sail or not due to higher low water. Because the other issue is that this changes all the time. I mean, you can have one really good rain or, you know, a couple of days of rain and then you're fine. If you have too much rain, then the river gets too high and then you run into a different problem. So why do low water levels impact? Well, as we know, you can't sail when the water is too low. The ship has a certain draft. You just, I mean, ships were getting stuck on the Danube in 2018 because they, there simply was not enough water for them to sail. So that is clear, but why is high water an issue? Well, high water is faster. High water is, uh, when you have low bridges, sometimes you can't get under the bridges or you have to do certain things. So there are just a lot of reasons why water levels can impact a sailing. And I think that that is what is most important to understand first and foremost, is that high water is bad, low water is bad, and you could potentially run into either of those things at any time. So in understanding that, I think that's the foundation for being able to uh, quiet a lot of those worries is that this can happen at any time, but it we don't hear about it happening often. So instead of focusing on that today, we're going to focus on the tools that we have in place to look at water levels. I'm going to look at some of the comments that I've gotten from my readers about water levels, about their trips, and we're going to just do a little deep dive into water levels because it is something that I get asked at any chance. Anytime I'm taking questions, people ask you, ask me, you know, is my sailing going to be able to go? Am I going to be able to sail? Is water, are water levels going to impact me? So we're going to do that in just a second, but first here's a word from our sponsors. So I want to talk a little bit about about ship swaps because I think that there is always this, well, I don't want to have to unpack and then repack and then go get on another ship and then unpack again. And, you know, oftentimes the, the staff on board the ship is very helpful in packing and helping you get together because, you know, they they want that transition to be as seamless as it can for you. I mean, obviously they don't want you to, to be unhappy with your experience for you to have a bad experience on board just in general, but especially when you're being inconvenienced by having to do something like this. But I, one of my fellow journalists had to do a ship swap and he said, you know, when he got on board the second ship, they did a cocktail hour. They did another evening with the captain. So sometimes it can be a little bit interesting uh, to do that. And, and maybe you get a little bit of special treatment, not always, but you know, usually you're completing the itinerary as far as possible and then either going to a hotel or going on another ship, as I said. Or you can be, you can just have a cancellation. So those are the three options really um, when, when the water levels are high or low. So how do you put someone at ease that this isn't going to happen to them? I think that is the main question that I want to answer today. And the fact of the matter is that you really can't. But I think that the best thing to do is is look at how to be prepared for this. So there are some people who say, you know, just really go with the flow. And I have one comment that I love that someone posted on my website. They wrote, 
No one can control the weather. If you want perfection in every way, then cancel. Otherwise, go with an open mind to go with the flow and enjoy whatever the experience gives you. There is nothing worse than being with fellow travelers who complain about changes when they knew it would happen or might happen. Sorry. If you are unsure, please don't go. Others will enjoy even if you will not. Having done a cruise in 2018 when the water levels were extremely bad, I went open to anything as I traveled from New Zealand and do not regret one minute. And I think that that really is the mentality that you have to have with this is that if if you are booking a cruise, you are accepting the fact that this, that you could, your cruise could be canceled because of water levels or that you might have to bus or that you might have to switch ships or you might have to stay in a hotel. And that is just part of it. Now, that's not to say that every cruise company handles this gracefully. I gave that example earlier. And Sometimes it is a nightmarish situation, but sometimes, you know, you get little things for your inconveniences as well. Like you might get a little bit of a cruise credit. And so, yes, it is inconvenient, but you also have to look at how many cruises don't have this issue. And so when we talk about a lot of European rivers as well, uh, they have lock systems. And so the Danube is fairly regulated the water level is fairly regulated because of those lock systems where you can essentially dam flood water and then let it out and so a lot of it is regulated most of the issues that we saw in 2018 were at the point where the danube meets the mine on the mine danube canal it can get very shallow because there are not those systems in place. So that is one thing that makes the regulation of water levels easier. Now, you also have a lot of cruise companies paying attention to this and after 2018, getting the feedback that they got from their passengers. And so they're able to handle this in better ways. They have they have things in place for when these events happen and hopefully, they make your transition on and off the ship as easy as possible or give you a good cancellation policy. Now, another thing that you can do to be proactive is to get cancel for any reason travel insurance. And if you do that and you're unsure about the water levels, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about how to monitor them uh, in a second. Um, but if that seems like it's going to be an issue, then you can cancel your trip through that insurance. So I always recommend to get uh, CFAR insurance cancel for any reason insurance, but especially if you're worried about water levels, that is um, going to be your best option probably. So let's talk about how to monitor water levels. As I mentioned, I do have a water levels page on my website and I will um, I will link that below. But we have a great comment section forum where people kind of give their their experience last time they were on the river. So you have comments that say, just sailed. We went to Melk and Passau and Regensburg or Problematic and we used two ports to resolve the problem. And, you know, they handled the busing very well and didn't have to change ships. ships. And so you can you can look at what other travelers are saying. Uh, we left Amsterdam on the 8th of November. There had been no apparent trouble. So 
that's a good, that's a great resource. So I'm going to put that there. And it also gives a little bit of an overview on water levels and some of the things I talked about earlier about how, you know, what happens if you have to swap ships. We have some stories about that here. But there are also these water level maps, which are very interesting. But the issue is that they are both in German. And so you can look at the water levels and they will either show green or red or yellow. And I'm going to link a video that I did on how to read these charts in the description as well. But it gives a map of all of the rivers in Germany. So the Elba, the Rhine, and the Danube are going to be your main river cruising rivers. And um, you can you can look at those rivers and see what the water levels are like. So maybe a couple days before you're sailing, if you've purchased that insurance, you can look at what what the water levels look like. And it's pretty easy because it's color coded. But as I said, I am going to link that video of how to read those charts in the description as well. So there are tools. You can look to your fellow travelers. You can look to these maps. Um, but really, I think that the most important thing about water levels and, and the most important thing to remind ourselves is that there really is no way for, for us, for our travel advisors, for our travel professionals, for anyone to be able to predict whether or not we're going to be able to sail. So I would take the advice of that reader that I mentioned earlier and really just try to be able to go with the flow quite literally. Um, but I want to talk a little bit before I go about an experience that I had firsthand because I, I we had an issue um, in 2010 maybe, I think 2000, 20, 2009 or 2010, where I was going on a river cruise on the Rhine and actually part of the river had frozen. And so we couldn't get to our ship. Our ship was stuck and we had to take a bus and go so far to another ship. And the ship that we went to was actually, they had to, they had to do so much to get this to work out. The ship that we went to actually was already uh, was already out of service for the season. And we ended up having to bus and we ended up having to a really long bus ride. I do remember that part. But once I was on the ship, I did not even think a second time about how, I guess, frustrating that experience was. And I wouldn't even say that it was frustrating. It was mildly inconvenient. And I get that I wasn't in the middle of my trip and I wasn't having to unpack and pack and go onto another ship and ride a bus and do all this and that and that. That could be more frustrating. But this really was not frustrating at all. It's not something that anyone talked about. It was never a topic of conversation. It was just like, oh my gosh, aren't we so glad that we're here? And so again, I mean, that does kind of tie with that going with the flow mentality again, but I just wanted to share my own experience with that, which is that it is something that I hardly remember until we started talking about water levels and started talking about busing so much in 2018. I had actually forgotten that that happened. And now I can think back and I was like, oh, that's why we had such a long ride to the ship because we had to get on another ship. But it did not taint my vacation in any way, shape or form. 
Um, so I think that there's a lot here to put people at ease, you know, to, to give them the resources, to use those maps, to use the comment section on River Cruise Advisor. And then just to say that, you know, water levels are not often an issue. There are certain points throughout the years where we've seen issues, but it doesn't happen super often. And that if you're really worried about it to get travel insurance. And I think that those are really the options there. Or don't go if you're really that worried about it. Don't go. Because things can always happen. And, you know, there, I mean, what if you have to get off the ship for a different reason? So I think that we get really caught up often in this conversation about water levels and about is my trip going to be canceled? I get that so often. And it just, it's such a negative outlook. I understand the worry. You're making a huge investment, but it's kind I think it's almost easier to just kind of quiet those concerns in those ways and just say, I don't know. There's no way of me. There's no way of knowing. There's no way for me to know. And if you need a definite answer, then you, you might not want a book. And unfortunately, That's just, and I'm, I'm a huge advocate for cruising. I work in cruising. I want people to cruise, but I think that sometimes you just have to tell people that it might not be for them if they're going to worry about it. So listen to what that woman from New Zealand said. I think she's very smart. Uh, I will link all of those water levels resources in the description below And if you have any questions about water levels or if you have any tactics that you have used to to quiet people's concerns about water levels, please reach out to me via email because I am still getting this question almost every day. And maybe you all have a more creative response than I do. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you guys next week. 